Hello, and welcome to Lifetimes of Learning, a production at the Buddhist Discussion Centre Australia. In our podcast series, we will be discussing the teachings and principles of Buddha Dharma, which is just as relevant today as they were 2,600 years ago. In this podcast, we will cover an article titled 10 Ways of Making Merit, published by the Buddhist Discussion Centre Australia and formatted by Frank Carter and Jenny Liu. Wherever you are, we invite you to bring your mind inside and listen to the teachings of the Buddha. Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Summary This article describes what merit means in Buddhism and the significance of merit-making to sustain Dharma practice. It also shows the ten ways of making marriage which the Buddha identified, as well as the conditions an individual will need to meet in order to practice Buddhism. Ten ways of making marriage The Buddha identified ten ways of making marriage in ascending order of power. These are given in Pali with English equivalents. Number one, dana, charity, generosity. Number two, sila, observing precepts, morality. Number three, bhavana, meditation. Number four, apachayana, respect for dharma teachers. Number five, vacha, giving a helping hand for others to perform virtuous deeds. Number six, patidana, sharing merits. Number seven, patanumodana, joyful acknowledgements in the sharing of merits. Number eight, dharma savana, listening to dharma. Number nine, daika dasana. Teaching Dharma. Number 10. Ditu Jukama. Writing one's own wrong view. Without mindfulness and wisdom, we would not know to use these methods. Buddha Dharma teachers constantly point to merit making opportunities and direct their students in merit making activities. In many countries around the world, education is highly valued. Therefore, when teachers are highly respected, it is probable that much diligence is applied to learning by the students. To study the Buddha Dharma, a student must request to be taught in order to create the right form of mind to learn. There are many stories in Japanese history where the student who comes to the temple to see the master to learn the Dharma, only to find himself refused every time he attempts to enter. On some occasions, the student would be admitted after waiting many days and nights at the gate. The length of the time is irrelevant. What is relevant is the readiness of the mind of the student. This practice originated at Nalandra Monastery in India. Four gatekeepers would stand guard, only admitting those deemed ready to be taught. Those about whom they were doubt would be referred to the master. Aspiring students included princes and people of great wealth. 
But what mattered was not the social status or wealth of the person who wanted to enter. Again, all that matters was the readiness of the mind of the student to be taught. The law of cause and effect, karma and vipaka, determines that to attain learning and benefit in respect of anything, it is necessary to produce an accumulation of available wholesome action. In Pali, kusala karma. This merit is the energy of all realizations and the cause of continued wholesome conditions of practice. A corollary of this means a lack of sufficient available energy the student's meditation will not lead to producing realizations, and further, it will be difficult for the student to find conditions that will support his or her Dharma practice. Some basic conditions have to arise in order for beings to be able to practice the Buddha Dharma. These are, number one, you have to be born into a Buddha Sasana. Number two, you have to be born into a suitable body or form. Number three, you have to be born healthy in order to live beyond a few years. Number four, you have to have sufficient food, water, warmth and conditions to sustain this present life. Number five, you have to meet the Buddha's teaching of the middle way in a language that can be understood. Number six, you have to be teachable as regards the middle way. Number seven, you have to decide to learn the middle way. Number eight, you have no major obstructions to being trained in the middle way. Number nine, over an extended period of time, you have to decide to practice and realize the teachings of the middle way. Number 10, you have to have sufficient leisure time to be taught and to practice the middle way. In Australia, the maintenance and development of old and new Dharma Center is one type of activity that for many practitioners could act as the base of new wholesome karma on which they continue to practice and realize the middle way. A practitioner's home altar should reflect his or her center's altar for maximum benefit. If the temple attended is Mahayana, the home altar should reflect this style of practice. Cleaning altars is an offering in itself. It is no different to the cleaning of floors in a monastery as monks and nuns do as part of their usual practice. As the hard shell of a tortoise protects the soft body within, the soft dharma too has to be protected by the hard structure of temples. Their upkeep, administration, financing and development at the same time, the shell or structure is not an end itself, but exists for the benefit of dharma practitioners through supporting the preservation and proliferation of the Noble Eightfold Path as taught by the Buddha. A center with a sound structure will not become a dead institution and will not become an empty shell devoid of the body of living Dharma. Temples are for practicing. This script is published by the Buddhist Discussion Center Australia and formatted by Frank Carter, and Jenny Liu. This concludes the teaching of 10 Ways of Making Merit. Thank you for listening to our Lifetimes of Learning podcast. To listen to our other recordings, please go to our website www.bdcu.org.
dharmaseed.org.au and click on Dharma Teachings. Or you can go to our online World Buddhist Radio station from our website by clicking on Buddhist Radio. May you be well and happy. May all beings be well and happy.